0: Pop the Kettle On with Nicole Essio and Dr. Rachel Bushing. Hi, I'm Rach. And I'm Nicole. Welcome to Pop the Kettle On.
1: This is the Parenting, Womanhood, Marriage, Baby and Life Review Podcast. We dissect the good, the bad and the ugly of family life and have a laugh about how it's depicted in popular culture.
0: Because it's always tea time.
1: And if I don't laugh, I'll cry.
0: Me Hey Rach, how you doing? Hi Nick, it's so good to see you. I know, it feels, it feels like it's been ages. Yeah, totally. I know, but well, it's not really that long. No. <laughs> it just feels like a long time.
1: No, but you know, um, Easter is really late and I kind of feel like Easter should have been already.
0: And yeah. like, where is it? What's I know. What's happening? I know. In the world. I know, because last time you fed me chocolate, but that, you know, two weeks. That was a lifetime Still ago. haven't had Easter.
1: Mm. I know, it's
0: nuts. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: get that. What's happening? We had a week away at the beach last week. Ah, it was just nice. And my little guy turned
0: four. My oh youngest. Oh my goodness. No more three nager. No more three nager. Because that immediately stops as soon as they turn four. I've mm. heard. I did mm. say that to him. <laughs> like
1: I'm expecting it all. You know, I did say to my um, older seven year old this week, which was a real corker. Yeah. Classic parent moment. Go on. I told him to. Shape up or ship out. (laughs) (laughs) Did he appreciate or understand what that meant? Not at all. (laughs) I was like, is that even what the saying is? And I'm like, why is my grandfather or some weird unknowable
0: person in my head? Where where do these kings come from? Uh, They're there in the Mm -hmm. recesses and they only come out when your children do the thing, Mm -hmm. whatever the thing happens to be at that Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. So shaping up or shipping out. I like it. That is the saying. But I don't think I've heard it for, I don't know, 30 years. <laughs> I got the blank look. Mm-hmm. But did behavior change at all? Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, you may have laughed at me and my stupid saying. Yeah. How are you going?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about Easter. Yeah? Because I'm going to have a week off work and I'm very excited about that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Going to go down, see the fam down in Melbourne. So, yeah. Good. Take bigs. Uh, big One's boyfriend along and we'll compare notes on Italian families. So that'll be fun. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be good. Gorgeous. You know how you kind of get to a point of the year where you're just like, I need rest for a minute. Mm. So obviously last week you needed that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I get mine next week. Yeah. And we'll be all refreshed for the next episode then. <laughs> we'll talk about how, how refreshed and relaxed we are. Yes. Although I did see a thing this week. We were doing a... I don't know what it was, a session on something and they were talking about, you know, bringing people back from maternity leave and how you have, you know, do you have keeping in touch days and then do you have like a part-time kind of bringing people back gently and, and we said, yeah, 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 do all those things and they said, what about people who have been on long service leave or people who have even been on a, a longish holiday or even a shortish holiday, do mm. they have kind of those conversations because you have to change gears again mm-hmm. and I went, oh, I'd never thought about that mm. so now I have to book in a session with my with my boss when I get back after my week leave to get back in the zone (laughs) Mm. yeah because you do you kind of you do switch off that whole one week gives your body a rest kind of thing and then you start to really relax into
1: yeah yeah. I wonder if they've done studies on that because I felt as though we went away for five days yeah and it's like it took a good you know, three days at least to end up feeling relaxed and then I'm like, No, back to life. I'm like definitely not long enough. As a parent,
0: you've had to do all the packing. That's true. So that you have to recover from that first to then start enjoying the holiday. So that three days was all about recovering from Mm. the pack.
1: Well I've not done the unpack if that helps. (laughs) It's just still (laughs) all over the lounge room.
0: Wow. See we have a whole policy in our house where you get home from wherever you've been and it immediately like it doesn't matter if it's the middle of the night you immediately unpack everything put everything that requires washing into the washing basket and everything that doesn't away mm-hmm. and then the suitcases go away mm-hmm. and it's like blank slate mm, sounds fun it's not <coughs> but you thank yourself the next morning you're like oh, past me is a genius <laughs>
1: future nicole says thank you <laughs> Although my excuse is that um, the day after we got back uh, – no, two days after we got back. But mm. uh, anyway, I was putting on the four-year-old's birthday party. Oh, golly. So you had no space. contributed. So Saturday – Friday we got home. Saturday I did knife-wielding crazy person in the kitchen, <laughs> which for some odd reason is just my ritual when I'm preparing the birthday cake. Uh huh. I get it. I enjoy it, but I always end up basket case at some point, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. usually when someone is trying to break me out of my zone of birthday cake making. Was that the shape up or ship out (laughs) situation? (laughs) Someone came into the kitchen? That was when we were on holidays. (laughs) It might be because we were in like a very sleepy kind of um, coastal town. Mm -hmm. I was probably getting into the vibe of like... (laughs) It kind of um, – you don't realize how busy city life is until you're like, legitimately away from the city and not yep. in peak time. Yeah, yeah. That you're like, oh, like – and it sounds so stupid, but it's like stepping back in time. Yeah. I actually kind of go, oh, I remember this is what my childhood used to feel like. Mm. Oh, you know, places yeah. aren't open and it's really yeah. slow and, yeah. you know, there's – um, and then you come back into the city and it's like, people, 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 busy, busy, busy. And yeah. it's like, oh, God. But I always, like, turn my phone um, on airplane mode as well when we nice. go on holiday, which is – that also makes such a difference. Yeah, it does. Because you're like, oh, I'm not connected to things. My mm-hmm. children learned what a payphone was when we were away. Wow. <laughs> Had an interesting lesson going, look at this strange glass box. Isn't this amazing? <sighs> this is
0: where Superman gets changed. <laughs> Seriously, when was the last time you used a payphone? No, never Couldn't tell you No idea Overseas, maybe Maybe I remember specifically two years ago When I left my phone in the car And I was going to a meeting Paul had dropped me in the city And he was going to come back and pick me up When the meeting finished I just had to call him and tell him to pick me up Mm -hmm. And I'd left my phone in the car So I went to a payphone and called him Wow It was weird Did you have coins? Ah, oh, I must have I must have because hmm. I don't remember going to get coins so mm-hmm. I must have had coins which is also very rare <laughs> highly unusual when do you ever have money in your purse? I know but we're in this country town and we went
1: to go and do one of the um, activities uh huh and look, they did have FPOS, but they told us that Telstra had been down for two weeks now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> In the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, you don't you don't actually have the FPOS, do you? But anyway, so then we look like even more bloody townies that yeah. we had to say to the kids, sorry, guys, we've got to leave to go to this antiquated thing called an ATM and get out the cash mm-hmm. and go back. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I had a really nice trip. Back in time. Lovely. It was nice. And then I came back to City Lights and turned on my phone and it went bing, 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 bing. (laughs) And I had heart palpitations. Yeah.
0: It'll do that to you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be turning my phone on plane mode. No, that's not going to work for me Mm -hmm. when we go down to Melbourne. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. Mm.
1: It is nice to be kind of like, I'm not important. Yeah. I'm really... Am yep. I really
0: that important for a week? Yeah. Yep. The world turns and continues to do so. This is true. Yeah. Hey, we, this week, this fortnight, God, I do that every time. This fortnight um, decided to pick up on the phenomenon that is afterlife, mm-hmm. Ricky Gervais, afterlife. Yes. Um, so, we probably should do a bit of a content warning that we're going to be talking about yeah, know, grief and death and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Let people
0: know. Um, yes. But yeah, let's get into it. And a
1: spoiler alert
0: as well. (laughs) Ooh. Because I was thinking about
1: this and I thought it's a bit hard to talk about. um, We have to get into the guts of it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a bit of a useless conversation.
0: True. So, So. if you haven't seen Afterlife on Netflix, uh, suggestion is pause now. Go and binge that for three hours because that's all it'll take you. Six episodes, half-hour episodes um and your life will be changed forever mm-hmm. and then come back and you can hear us talk about it <laughs> excellent i give great advice mhm so yes. i binged it like in a night
1: right yeah yeah
0: we did too
1: yeah yeah so trigger warning wise it mm. contains content associated with uh, suicide it does uh grief mhm Um, chronic illness, cancer, Mm -hmm. drug taking, heroin. Um, Sounds like a laugh. Doesn't it sound hilarious when you say it like that? Now, so if you have been personally affected by some of those themes in your life, you may not want to listen to this podcast or watch that content at this point in time.
0: Mm.
1: However, I'd like to assure people that by and large, it's quite sensitively handled, yeah. I think. Mm. Um, but, you know, still, there is that content.
0: And there is also a great deal of swearing. <laughs>
1: so, if the C word offends you,
0: Ricky Gervais may not be your type of comedian. That is so true. It's like, it's funny because back in the day, Billy Connolly used to drop F-bombs every second word. And I remember, I mean, my mum's obviously from Glasgow, just outside of Glasgow. And so hearing that accent, just brings her joy mm-hmm. and she could ignore the f-bombs because it was billy billy could do anything and it's funny because the c-word always is a bit of a trigger for me mm-hmm. but I, i seem to be able to ignore it mm-hmm. with ricky gervais oh really
1: yeah what if i said it to you right now
0: no i wouldn't like that
1: <laughs> <laughs> my sister has a book on her shelf the title of which is c-word
0: mm-hmm. mm, interesting
1: and it's, it's part of that entire conversation around reclamation.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I definitely support and understand the basis of that idea. <laughs> I just still don't like it. I just still can't do it. That's fine. We'll call it a hoo-ha. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, sister- can, I can adjust. I can be sensitive. Yeah, I appreciate mm-hmm. that very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because it's not actually describing a hoo-ha it's yeah. the, the word is used in, in a way that connotes something completely different so that's the issue I have not that it's talking about vaginas that's the issue anyway we digress <laughs> <laughs> this is important we're going topic. to Nicole's psyche now <laughs>
1: to unpack no no I just think in general words have power they do yeah. I quite like the word, mm. but I don't use it much in my own personal vernacular. Mm. I just find I don't have much cause for it. No. But I delight in it being used.
0: Right. Interesting.
1: Because I try and go, it's, you know, just, just a word. Just a word. Yep. Absolutely. Um,
0: so anyway, Ricky Gervais does like it. He does. Mm. And he even uses it on a child. To what? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Um,
1: Okay, so what did we say? Netflix, six episodes, just been greenlit for a second season. Yes. Uh, And if you haven't heard of Ricky Gervais, he is (laughs) a British comedian who's been around for quite a number of years, Mm -hmm. always does six episodes per season. Did you know that? Fun fact.
0: No, I didn't. So, The Office, the original Office was six seasons every... Six episodes, yeah. Six episodes every season. Mm. Wow. I,
1: don't I did know if not always, know that. but I know that The Office was. Wow. And Extras
0: oh, was. No.
1: Yeah, Extras. Six.
0: Okay, I've yeah. never seen Extras.
1: My husband has this thing where um, <laughs> ages ago, before kids, when we were living in the UK. Mm hmm we'd always have like a little nightcap like you know after dinner and we're watching tv cup of tea darling and we'd go and get something and it would always be kind of like oh what else would you like to go with your tea biscuits or some slice or whatever and he'd always go six is the perfect amount
0: (laughs) wow i didn't know that this is a fun fact indeed
1: (laughs) six good things come in packages of six yeah that Um, makes sense but also i think it's um, true I think it's a good number I get stressed when there's like 18 episodes per season I'm like this is like a major commitment yeah say what you need to say in six
0: wrap it up in a bow move on absolutely and leave them wanting more this is true that's important because we I mean I certainly do I'm like what's happening next Mm, yeah yeah. I um what was it I got a, a notification about Netflix saying this series was on and I'm like I'll give that a crack um and oh my goodness, I just could not stop, could not stop. Mm. It was just, it was beautiful and heartbreaking, and just extraordinary and exquisite. Mm. And yeah, what did you think? Um, I really liked it. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole.
1: <laughs> Nicole's coughing.
0: <laughs> I'm choking. I'm dying. She turned her volume
1: down, I but tried. that didn't stop me reacting to her cough. <laughs>
0: I'm like, keep talking, Rachel. Okay, no, not going to happen.
1: Can't love. Um, I yeah, I liked it, but I've seen a lot of what Ricky's done, including yep. his stand-up, mm-hmm. and um, I think that it's a bit of an, a curious relationship where I am. Um, I'm not surprised by how well it's done, how sensitively it's handled, mm. and how he crafts everything together. Yeah. Um, Although I will say that I have a crush on Stephen Merchant, who was his writing partner. Right. He is a very tall – do you know who he is? I don't think I do. He's the very odd-looking guy from The Office. Right. Okay. Very tall, yep, the tall very one. gangly with the mm-hmm. glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have this, um, not that I find him incredibly attractive, but I find him incredibly attractive. Interesting. And he and Ricky used to all did a few of those original series all together. Right. And they've since not done anything together for a while. Oh, okay. So I had this thing in my head where I'm like, Not going to like it. Steve's the one that always brings the heart. Ah, but I think both of them in their individual projects because we watched Steve's. uh he's got some. God, what's it called? We watched it last year. He's done some series, also six episodes per season. Wow, that's um, amazing. Which is about him being single in LA. Yeah, uh, and I really liked that too. I thought it was really good. Oh, well, anyway, I, love I just that. and I think that um Ricky is very smart, but I think in Pretty much everything he does, he finds the humor in really um, heartfelt, interesting kind of um, areas of life, I think. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think the, I want to say pathos. I'm not sure if that's the mm-hmm. exact that's kind it. of word, Absolutely. but yep. I think that what's so interesting about that art form is that it's comedy, but it just, like, I mean, how can you make a comedy about suicide and grief and
0: drugs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how can you make a young woman dying of cancer really funny? Yeah, like it's just so. Did we explain? So
1: um, Ricky Gervais plays the the main character, whose name is Tony, and um, it we just like see him in the immediate um, weeks since his wife who's been his partner for quite a number of years and mm. they don't have kids and formed a life together and she's diagnosed with cancer and she's already died in the film. Mm. We see her through little kind of video snippets that she's left him messages from beyond the grave. Yeah. Um and we see him going through his life and I think like struggling to adjust with the aftermath and
0: his grief and what he's going through. Because grief is a beast. Mm. I mean, it, and it it hits in different ways and, you know, you you can get to a point where almost you feel like you're going to be doing something normal and then it feels wrong to do the normal thing and the mm. guilt and the, oh, and it, that's portrayed really well. But also, I think the way that he does that whole, well, bugger it, you know, mm. <laughs> we're all going to die anyway. I'm just going to be a horrible person. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say what I feel Yeah, and not give a, rats about what anyone thinks and yeah that's his that's the way his grief manifests and how he feels like he needs to go on because
1: mm. i read a few um reviews about it that were all saying the first episode is awful yeah because until you get into the backstory it's the first episode is him going around calling kids yeah c words mm. and um but you know it sort of eventuates that he's made a conscious choice to just say and do whatever mm-hmm. the hell he wants at any point in time Mm-hmm because he actually has a plan in his own mind that life's not worth living now that his wife has gone and he has this active plan that he's going to kill himself. Yeah. Um like we don't know exactly when or anything like that, but it just enters with him behaving in this way because he has that resolution and he has that mindset. Yeah. Um and so I suppose across those six episodes you see the yeah bumbly kind of way that he's bouncing around with those ideas of yeah. how do you adjust and um, form a meaningful life after and that yeah it's not linear it's not this simple kind of like process of overcoming enclosure mm-hmm. um it's seesawing with these ideas and yeah yeah um and there's
0: quite some quite confronting content I yeah, think very much so mm. um the the relationship that he has with the paper de- – like he works at a – he's a journalist who works at his brother-in-law's paper. Is it mm. his brother – yeah, brother-in-law's paper. Yeah, little community paper and uh, the guy who delivers the paper is, you know, not actually delivering it because he's taking the money and buying drugs and um, and he, he asks the delivery guy to get him drugs. Like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, just – Whoa. And not just any drugs, but no, heroin. heroin. He gets heroin. Mm. I'm going to try that. And takes the heroin. Yeah. And were explain. you sitting there at the time going, no, Ricky, don't do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely Stop. I was. Because this path leads to, you, you know, we know what that path leads to. Mm. It's so self-destructive and awful and addictive and horrible. Mm. And, yeah, you're watching him go through this and you can also appreciate the uh, – just the utter despair that grief can put you in but then these little snippets of moments that are still life and joy Mm. like life is going on around you Mm. and why doesn't anyone else realize that I am in the pits of despair you know that weird thing with grief where it's like the world keeps going Mm. and you can't understand how that can be possible Mm. because your world's just turned upside down so yeah it's really oh I think that's really depicted well yeah. in this series. Yeah, and I think, yeah, despair
1: and, like, nihilism, like, just mm. fuck it all, like, let's just set this shit on fire. Yeah. Because um, I, I found the heroin part really confronting, too. Oh, yeah. I felt very, like, um, maternal, like, you know, like I <laughs> <laughs> reach through the screen and be like, don't do it. But I also found it even harder when he assisted yes, this guy to take... An overdose yep. with the intention of killing himself. Yep. Gave him the money. I'm like, how is this something that we're suddenly seeing
0: portrayed? Yeah. But, and I really struggled with that. I really mm-hmm. struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just, it was so painful to watch that mm-hmm. because, you know, this, this guy had lost his partner a heroin overdose, and so he just wanted to join her, mm. and he, oh, the just utter hole that you are in, like mm. the hole that you cannot see light or any hope in. You know, mm. that's what it is. It's mm. it's that depiction of the complete loss of hope, because you know, in all moments, you can somehow find like things might get better mm. not even they will but they might you know mm. just that little sliver of hope mm. and this guy was so completely devoid of it and it was just yeah really hard to watch really hard yeah
1: I, I think I struggle with it because part of my job is to assist people to not <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> go down of course. that route yep um you know and I think that I don't really want to enter into like a philosophical conversation around um you know euthanasia and Mm. other forms of like intentional suicide but you know there's sometimes conversations that are had around even in context of grief or mental health issues Mm. do people have a right to self-euthanasia you might not have ever heard these discussions (laughs) um but Yeah, it does happen. And because you know how there's like those Swiss clinics and stuff like that where all of that kind of thing, like they would consider someone who is in such acute pain is making a decision along those lines. Yeah. I think that like, you know, by and large, like the psychologist's opinion is that you're impaired in your ability to make that informed choice. Yes. Because the nature of what you're going through is going to be kind of – you know, changing your perspective and your decision-making and your choices. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I I think that in general, like, um, death by suicide is really difficult for most of us to wrap our heads around. Yeah. Um, But, you know, what I also like about this piece of art Mm. is that, you know, I think that in general our society isn't good at talking about death oh it is so true so it feels really striking when death and themes of suicide are portrayed yeah um and it makes us all feel really
0: uncomfortable Mm. but we probably should be talking about it a lot more absolutely we should and you know i'm i feel like i've gotten to a place where i'm incredibly comfortable talking about death um have watched you know family members go through things and die have have been at dozens of funerals, like you know my first when I was four years old when my um, auntie died at nineteen of a car in a car crash you know oh, like God. um from there, so many people that I've been to the funerals of in, you know including newborns like it's just death has always been around and not something for me fear was horrible but I haven't really feared it that much and then when Paul's stepdad passed away he did it, it was done so beautifully with him in in concert with his medical team, palliative care and all that sort of stuff Um, having a good death I think is something that we can all only hope for Mm. and you know there were obviously a lot, there was a lot going on but he had everyone around him, he told us all that he loved us he had his favorite meal before the night before um you know he died after his beloved bronx scored a try and you know we all got to be around him and with him and you know rub his feet and that kind of stuff um and i just felt so much more at peace with the whole death thing Mm. and i feel like i talk about it a lot more Mm. than people are comfortable with Mm. because as paul says you know Life is a terminal disease. None of us are getting out alive, you know. can we, we just kind of... delude ourselves that we are? Um, some people do, and then, like Aretha Franklin, you have millions of dollars and have no will. Like, oh really? <laughs> I didn't hear that. No will. Oh. Yeah. So there's mm. a tip for everybody: get your will in order. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because you know, it is it is inevitable. As it requires as much as we- talking about death. It requires talking about death. Mm. Did you guys have a conversation about it after watching nah. this?
1: <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> no. And in fact, I need to write this shit down because my husband will say to me things like, um, these are my wishes. Right. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then later on, I'm like, oh, shit, am I going to remember this when
0: I'm <laughs> in grief? Yeah. Holy hell. Well, um, that's why people, you know, even if they don't, they say they're going to be organ donors and their families are like, no, I can't bear it, because they're the final decision makers. Because yeah. uh, in grief, those decisions are so much more intense. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's full on. Yeah. Yeah. And I love um, – <laughs> I'm going to get you out of your head for a second. I can see you like, oh, we're talking about it. <laughs> um, but when they're at the cemetery – I love, I love that he meets his wife's uh, cemetery buddy. Uh, you know, the person she's lying next to for eternity. Uh, his wife. He meets, you know, this woman at the cemetery, and that relationship is just just exquisite it's so mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. it's so lovely mm-hmm. and just that sort of older person's perspective and the way their relationship develops just mm-hmm. sitting there sort of being with yeah. their significant others who have both passed on what's her name i've forgotten uh i can't remember <laughs> ben told me she's the
1: actress who is in shawn of the dead
0: Oh, no, um, I know her from the Guernsey Literary Potato Pie Something Society movie, whatever that movie is. I always get that title wrong. Guernsey Potato Pie and Literary Society? Anyway, I've she's definitely in I've not film. seen it.
1: Uh, and I think that she's like a real st- stalwart. Stole? store store. What are <laughs> what those are words my you read and words? don't say? <laughs> um, yeah, I think she's been in a lot. Yeah. Um, and there's so many talented actors in this um yeah so at the cemetery he meets this older lady who's lost her husband and that's really i think probably the main crux that yes. through that relationship he you know finds some commonality and experience and ends up um thinking of things in a slightly different way mm. i was of course annoyed by the shithouse betrayal of a psychologist again <laughs>
0: Of course you were, because he was terrible. He was terrible.
1: The psychologist is there, just there for comedic fodder. Yeah. Um, and all the wise
0: words are spoken from the woman at the cemetery. Yeah, I know. I can understand your frustration with that. I the do wise get woman's name, uh, the actress's name is Penelope Wilton. Oh. And she is really brilliant in this. Yeah, mm. she's really fabulous. But I agree. The whole, <sighs> we well, need to do an entire episode about psychologists depicted in popular culture. <laughs> It's not positive. No, it is not. I mean, apart from Robin Williams in um, Goodwill Hunting. Oh,
1: yeah, I agree. That's pretty
0: much it. He is good. <laughs> Every now and then, I touch, I touch moments with that, and I'm like,
1: yeah, I'm being just like him.
0: <laughs> um, good day. I told everybody, it's not your fault. I'm like back him into a corner. <laughs> oh
1: God. Have you watched that um, Sex Education? Is that no. what it's called?
0: Yes it is, but I haven't.
1: Yeah, we saw like 4 episodes of it. Um and Gillian Anderson plays this um slash, slash, sex therapist. Huh. And again, I'm like, she's not doing us any favours. Oh, no. She's just, you know, it's kind of like, it's okay if you're a sex therapist in your professional life, but she also kind of like just has this personal life that's very kind of loosey-goosey and kind of like her teenage son is kind of, you know, like brought into this kind of oversharing kind of like free love kind of thing. And he's trying to like individuate as a teenager in high school while he knows so much technically about sex that really you don't need to know at that age. Yeah. I mean, it is cute. He ends up becoming this like little um, kind of secret um, uh, secret identity like, um, what's the word when you like conceal someone's identity? Or- I don't know. Witness protection. <laughs>
0: Spy. <Ciro laughs> no, de like- Bergerac. <laughs> oh, no. Like a fake
1: name or what? <laughs> Alter ego? No. Anyway (laughs) What are we going with Like that Kind of That kind of thing There's a word Um, Yeah anyway Where he's kind of like Giving people this kind of like Advice Oh
0: so he's like Dr. Ruth Or whatever it is For his little local school Right Gotcha Yeah yeah, Via his
1: mum's Anyway Like I think it's probably An interesting series But I did get a little bit Sick of it after a few episodes Because the mum was pissing me off so much (laughs) So anyway, I get it, Ricky. You need the psychologist to be the dickhead. Yeah, I like it towards the end. He goes like, "You're not a bad person." He's saying this to this to the useless psychologist. He's like, "You're not a bad person. You're just a bit of a dick." <laughs> I'm like, "That's so true.
0: It's true. Mm. Accurate. Yes. Yeah. No. It's it's um it's the whole wrapping up life and death." in one thing Mm -hmm. you know like it's life goes on and keeps going on around him and he's still in his death thing and then he you know he just is a he's a genuinely kind person you can Mm -hmm. see as the episodes go on like he befriends the um sex worker she's not a prostitute she's a sex worker um and you know just makes really good friends with her and and has these conversations with her that are human to human level that you know perhaps If he wasn't in his grief moments, he may not have, well, he wouldn't have ever connected with her and he certainly wouldn't have connected on that human level, I don't think. Mm. So, it kind of gives him a bit of a superpower in that way that he can be very human with other humans and not Mm. see, like, you know, the heroin addict he was very human with, even in the horrible kind of uh, way in which that manifested, but he tried to see him as a human being.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's interesting Mm. because like, you know, in his deepest pain, he can connect with other people in pain
0: Yeah, in a way that
1: that wouldn't have been um, noticeable Mm. um, in other modes.
0: And that's the thing about pain, that if if that whole thing, problem shared is a problem halved, that's why you have a job, you know, like Mm. it's so true that if you speak it out loud, it diminishes... Its power, And so having those conversations at the cemetery with someone who's absolutely walking the same path that he's walking um, really takes away the power of that thing. Because it's not I'm dealing with it alone. It's, oh, I'm dealing with it and she's also dealing with it. So now yeah. I've got a friend in this. Yeah. yeah. Those building yeah. connections things. Yeah. Just so important.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of um, like that Brene Brown thing with the being down the hole. Yeah, someone coming down the hole with you. Yeah, it's better than shouting at you from above the hole. Yeah, you shouldn't be feeling that way. Yes. <laughs> life carries on. Look what else there is to oh. live for. You know, is there so, to... is
0: there any worse thing to say to someone about mm. you know like oh mm. life goes on? Yeah. It was meant to be. Yeah. Oh, it was meant to be.
1: And I think oh. because we're not great with grief or death, um, you know, and grief can be about other things other than death. You know, loss
0: yes. and disappointment and. Well, cool, and that. grieving a life that you expected that yeah. then didn't turn out that way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think that, like, people really struggle to know how to help someone in grief. Mm-hmm. And it's why we kind of lean towards sort of like these hackneyed things that sound like the right thing to say, but... problem-solving things. I want yeah. to fix it because yeah. I can't deal. But I think, too, like, it, it's it's murky because you could say something to someone like, um, all things happen for a reason. Yeah. Right? And that could be a really well-received thing to say to Mm. a certain person, Mm. um, but it can be the most offensive thing in the world to say to some other people. Yeah,
0: that's so true. That's very true.
1: And there's no script on what to say. Absolutely. And in fact, like, you know, (laughs) if you read like listicles, what to say, number one is usually
0: I'm not quite sure what to say. (laughs) It's usually the best thing to say. Yeah, because often in grief, people withdraw because Mm. they don't want to offend. They're so afraid of saying the wrong thing that they just choose to say no thing, Mm. um, which is even more isolating. I heard a story about... I don't know where I heard this story. It was a, a man whose children... I don't know, a child died or something like that. And he was like weeks later and was walking down the street and he noticed a friend of his and he know he knew that he saw him but he turned on his heel and walked away cuz he just couldn't he couldn't bring himself to talk to him and so this dad in his utter grief like chased him down and said if you don't talk to me now we're never going to be able to be friends again and don't worry about what you're saying you just have to look me in the eye and see that you see me like cuz that happens you just walk away cuz you're like oh god what do i say yeah because yeah. they're in so much pain you mm. cannot imagine anything that you can do that would alleviate that mm-hmm. and the only thing that you can think that you could do is make it worse yeah yep. but how can you you can't make it worse no. there's no worse thing no mm. but also pain is contagious yeah
1: and if you're not comfortable with being in pain it's really hard to sit with someone and see their pain yes i think That's part of why there's avoidance there as well. Wow, that's really interesting. Is you think, I don't want to say the wrong thing or offend, but also ick. Yeah. You know, like, (gasps) because, you know, like, death makes us all think about our own mortality and that of others around us. It makes what you said, you know life's a terminal illness it brings that into stark reality mm. um and that's like who wants to go there yeah. when it's a busy Tuesday and I've got you know all these meetings to get to and this that and the other yeah um you know maybe back to our original point about holidays and just slow the fuck down um is that you know like I suppose it's emotional labor as well isn't it yeah being yeah. there for
0: someone yeah, and it's whether you have capacity for that as well, mm. you know. I mean, you might be going through your own things. so that you add that layer of complexity on yeah. top because humans all have stuff mm. and to pretend otherwise is ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, if you feel like you've got the capacity and the emotional fortitude to wade into those waters, mm. then you're more likely to do so. Yeah. But if you haven't, then... Yeah, But also, as you see from Ricky, it's short-lived,
1: you know. You sit with someone with their pain, Mm. but it passes actually relatively quickly. Yeah. And the next thing, you're finding humour in the, like, absolutely ridiculous, you know. Because, again, life keeps moving on and life has these things in it. And sometimes, like, grief and um, tragedy and comedy Mm. are, like, very closely related. There's a reason the
0: two masks go side by side. Shakespeare Mm. man Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) I mean like the guy who wants to be on the front page so desperately he just wants to be in the paper and he just keeps coming back and it's like the most ridiculous thing and Uh. it's brilliant because you're laughing Yeah. yeah you kind of Get swept up in it. I
1: agree. Yeah, I thought that was actually nice, the way his job was about depicting the ridiculous, mundane, (laughs) stupid things that people care about because I think it's just a really nice little um, portrayal of like there's meaning in these people's lives and their stories. Um, And they
0: want to be witnessed. Yeah. You know, they want to witness to their lives and being in their local paper is actually about having witnesses to their lives. Somehow they mattered enough that they... People used ink on them, you know. Oh, they, they, right. they, yeah, they were worthy of the ink, yeah. so therefore they were worthy. Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's like really, a mini funeral.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really interesting, actually. The Layers. There's so honestly, you could keep unpicking this whole mm. situation for ages, and mm. I just don't. I'm really, I'm partly excited and partly concerned about what afterlife episode uh, season two is going to hey. be, because I'm like, it was so beautifully done Mm. and you know tied up in a bow kind of Mm. thing at the end of that Mm. what
1: happens next someone else has to
0: die (laughs) okay people we're going to run a book (laughs) who else is going to die let's
1: try you know crack
0: next time (laughs) oh god yeah
1: i don't know because you're right um but having said that with his other work like the office season one seemed pretty self-contained too yeah um but you know i think there's a general we're in safe hands
0: yeah i feel like that hopefully yeah apart from the huge controversy over the art piece oh yeah yeah so when you watch it you'll notice this beautiful aboriginal art piece that clearly somebody who has his job can't afford if it's genuine (laughs) like did you think that
1: i i was like why is there a massive ass aboriginal like dot painting Mm. in this english man's kind of like i'm like where's the history
0: yeah why what is this connection when are we going to see that they met in australia backpacking or something you know what i mean i was trying to work out exactly where the connection was and it never came no but apparently it is not a a genuine indigenous artist's Mm. art it It is is a someone copying, you know, yeah. cultural appropriation yes. style. Um, yes. but and maybe yeah. some set designer just
1: picked it up in an op shop somewhere Where and yeah, it's only to us Aussie audiences that we go, oh, hang on, why is that Where there? Is
0: that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But my honestly, my original thought was that would have cost a fortune. Why does some hackney sort of, you know, I have the answer. He didn't have children. Go oh, there you go. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. But he did have a dog. And that seemed to be the thing that he was living for, to feed the dog. I mean, yes. Mm. The dog was like... Gorgeous as he was well, a lot of dog. yeah. Cause it's funny, because you know, obviously Ricky Gervais and his partner Jane have been together for thirty something years and have never got married. And they also are very much focused on animal rights and things like that. So yeah, he's a very dog person and don't have kids. Yes, that's right. Don't and you know, kids. he sort of
1: sneaks in a bunch of his, um, you know, atheist kind of like stand-up material, really, like yeah. word for word in some yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so I think it's a nice vehicle for that stuff as well, because he's quite a philosopher
0: yes which a lot of comedians are Yes. Yeah, quite well. a seeker of you know knowledge and yeah ideas and yeah. thoughts and things like that which is really interesting um, I oh, there was something else I was going to tell you about it and now I've forgotten where's your list love no <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> a list. I didn't do enough homework today um, oh we're just going to have to leave it I'm just gonna have to leave it and i will cut this bit out because this is rubbish talk. it's
1: fine <laughs> and, but what you can do is if there's more conversation to be had then we can have
0: it on the facebook page of course mm-hmm. that is such a wise wise idea so pop the kettle on um on facebook you'll find us there you'll see our um little dotted teapot and our little spotty teapot mm-hmm. um you can find us on uh the web so poptheketalon.com.au Correct. um there is like suggestions and things you can listen to the web the podcast there you can make suggestions we would love to hear from you um yeah let us know what you think excellent and where else can people find you right
1: um i have a website for my business which is called little shop of pop.com and I'm on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. and being a bit more active on Instagrams Ooh, at the moment. That's exciting. I'm doing a little um, art project of my own, Beauty oh. in the Everyday. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Instagram's good for that because yeah. it's just like, here's a really beautiful thing from my day.
0: Yeah. Here's a nice moment. It's like a little gratitude journal of your own. Exactly. I like it because <laughs> I'm not going to be writing a journal, so that makes more sense. <laughs> What I'm up to You can see my travels across Brisbane That sounds good It's like Mm. an episode of Bluey (laughs) (laughs) Yes Indeed So um, we will be back in two weeks time Talking about uh, depictions of step parenting and step kids From Mm -hmm. Brady to Blended um, And having a chat about that So we look forward to talking to you then But in the meantime Hug your babies Hug your babies and be kind to each other and yourself And drink lots of tea always. (laughs)